Hello, and welcome to The Daily Poem. I'm Heidi White, filling in for David Kern, and today is Friday, September 18th. Today, I'm going to read for you a poem by T.S. Eliot, uh, considered one of the 20th century's major modernist poets. Uh, Eliot wrote The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock, uh, The Wasteland, Ash Wednesday, The Four Quartets. Uh, he was also an essayist, publisher, a playwright, a literary critic, an editor, and he won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1948. And the poem I'm going to read for you today is the last poem in his collection, Proofrock. It was published in 1917, and it's called La Filia Que Piange. This is how it goes. O quam te memorum virgo. Stand on the highest pavement of the stair. Lean on a golden urn. Weave, weave the sunlight in your hair. Clasp your flowers to you with a pained surprise. Fling them to the ground and turn with a fugitive resentment in your eyes. But weave, weave the sunlight in your hair. So I would have had him leave. So I would have had her stand and grieve. So he would have left as the soul leaves the body torn and bruised. As the mind deserts the body it has used. I should find some way incomparably light and deft, some way we both should understand, simple and faithless as a smile and shake of the hand. She turned away, but with the autumn weather compelled my imagination many days, many days and many hours, her hair over her arms and her arms full of flowers, and I would wonder how they should have been together. I should have lost a gesture and a pose, Sometimes these cogitations still amaze the troubled midnight in the noon's repose. I chose this poem to read today for a couple of reasons. One is it's one of my favorite poems. It's definitely in my top 20, maybe even my top 10 poems. It captured my imagination when I read it in my early 20s for the first time. I'm a big fan of Eliot and generally might be my favorite poet. Uh, so that's one reason. And then I also am just fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the multiple potential meanings of this poem, which I'll talk about in a second. And so I wanted to share it and uh, give you a chance to contemplate the same thing. Uh, the title of the poem, La Filia Che Piange, is Italian. It means young girl weeping or the weeping girl. Uh, the poem opens with an epigraph, which is a quote from another work uh, that begins the poem. It functions in some ways, sometimes as a first line of the poem, and it, it always adds another layer of important interpretive uh, and contemplative meaning for the poem uh, and also connects it with the wider landscape of, of literature. Uh, and in this case, the epigraph is... O quam te memorum virgo. It's Latin, of course. It's from the Aeneid. Uh, and it, it references a conversation that our epic hero Aeneas has with his mother, the goddess Aphrodite. Uh, it means, oh, oh, how shall I call you, virgin? And it is in a conversation in which Aeneas uh, assures his mother that he is not tangled up with another woman in a, some kind of romantic, complicated entanglement that would keep him from doing his duty. Uh, and that is an interesting uh, companion line to the rest of this poem. The poem seems simple enough on the surface. The narrator of the poem is watching a girl holding flowers, and 
sharing his observations about this experience. Um, and he's also commanding her, which is interesting. He says, stand on the highest pavement of the stair. There's these imperatives in this first stanza. Stand, lean, weave, clasp, fling. Um, so he is telling this weeping girl what to do as she's holding flowers. The second stanza takes a turn. Uh, it begins with the line, so I would have had him leave. And this particular line is very interesting. And this is where the poem begins to take on multiple potential meanings. Uh, there's an I in this line. So I would have had him leave. So the question for us as interpreters and readers of this poem is, who is the I and who is the him? Um, he goes on in this stanza to say what he wish would have happened to and on behalf of this girl holding the flowers. So I would have had him leave. So I would have had her stand and grieve. Uh, obviously, there's a great sadness and um, desperation and grief in this particular stanza. Uh, there's a wish that it could have been feel to this stanza, as if the narrator is remembering something and wanting to change it. Uh, so there's a couple of potential interpretations here. Either the narrator is displacing himself. He is both the I and the him. And it's so painful for him to remember deserting this girl that he's separated I and him. Uh, and so in remembering it, he's wishing what could have been, wishing he would have stayed with her, wishing he would not have broken her heart and left her weeping. That's one interpretation. Another interpretation is that the I uh, in, the, in this stanza is an artist and the him is the one interacting with the girl as if the narrator is writing or creating a piece of art that has the girl and the him that's referenced together. Uh, so he is maybe writing a poem about a man deserting a girl and he's looking back and, and, uh, and, and thinking about the creative process in a different way, thinking, oh, I wish I would have written this poem differently or I'm wishing that I would have created this piece of art uh, in another manner uh, or even, even in the future. Um, even he's in the process of writing or creating a piece of art, probably a poem because this is, of course, T.S. Eliot, the poet, uh, and, and, and thinking, oh, I would have had him do this. I would have him do this uh, in the future as if he's in the middle of a writing process. Uh, and then in the final stanza, uh, using these two ways of interpreting the poem, uh, we have another turn um, as a, a wondering, a wondering how things would have turned out or maybe will turn out if things had gone a different way. And this is the stanza that has the autumn references, the reference to the autumn weather, uh, which of course, has that connotation of endings and death and life and the paradox of those two things. Uh, so this is a complex poem, uh, but also simple enough to capture the imagination and create uh, a contemplation that's not frustrating, which is one of the accusations often leveled against T.S. Eliot, that he's too dense and too hard to read and too intellectual, but that's not the case with this poem. Uh, so here it is again, one more time. La filia che piange. O quam te memorum virgo. Stand on the highest pavement of the stair. Lean on a golden urn. Weave, weave the sunlight in your hair. Clasp your flowers to you with a pained surprise. 
fling them to the ground and turn with a fugitive resentment in your eyes, but weave, weave the sunlight in your hair. So I would have had him leave. So I would have had her stand and grieve. So he would have left as the soul leaves the body torn and bruised, as the mind deserts the body it has used. I should find some way incomparably light and deft, some way we both should understand, simple and faithless as a smile and shake of the hand. She turned away, but with the autumn weather compelled my imagination many days, many days and many hours. Her hair over her arms and her arms full of flowers. And I wonder how they should have been together. I should have lost a gesture and a pose. Sometimes these cogitations still amaze the troubled midnight in the noon's repose. This has been The Daily Poem, and we'll be back again with another poem.